you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at DaveDamashek.NFL.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Not one of you. Not a single one of you has even attempted to tamper with me. How do you think that makes me feel? You know, I have self-esteem issues, and no one has even by accident tampered with me. Hi and hello, and uh, welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Hey, do me a favor, why don't you? Do Emma VP and Bartlett and Eddie Spaghetti and everybody behind the glass toiling away. Why don't you subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher and all of the uh, all the other options out there for you. Comment, rate it, tell a friend, so on and so forth. Seated to my immediate left here in Studio 66, ready to hash through all of it. Because like I say, free agency week is here. The com- the combine is in the rearview mirror. The draft is on its way. And you know what? The game of life stops for no man or woman or anyone else, including uh, Adrian Peterson. He's out there. Mike Glennon's name is out there. Brandon Marshall, we have much to figure out here. NBA and NHL playoffs are nigh. Let's talk about it with the guy seated to my immediate left. You know him from NFL Fantasy Live. You read his pages on NFL.com. You follow him on the Twitter. It's Marcus Grant. What's the poop, fella? I'm glad to be back. It's always nice to be uh, reinvited back to the show. I know. It's been some time since you've shadowed our door. It has. Well, you know, I I understand. Uh, you know, Matt Harmon has been doing big things, and, and so he's kind of, uh, I won't say usurped, but, he, you know, he's worked his way in here, and it's good for him. Good well, for him. he and uh, the franchise, Matt Franciscovich, they, uh, they combined to be the fantasy hipsters, of yes. course, and uh, they've broken out with their own podcast. I encourage you, Nay, demand you go dig that one up, as I encourage you, Nay, demand. And you find the NFL Fantasy Live podcast that Marcus Grant is on. Of course, uh, Marcus G won the uh, Shecky Award for our favorite non-football playing guest, as voted on by the Sheck Republic. So no small stuff there for you, Marcus. I assume it's still a feather in your cap. It's on my resume, yeah. Yeah, you you don't have your cap on 
today, but you no. do. You are growing the hair out a little bit. It is. Bit, it's so like weird a little bit. Which is a little bit weird because now, you know, I, I always bought hats kind of at an in-between hair length, you know, because I didn't want them to be too loose or, or too tight-fitting. But now my hair has grown beyond my normal hat buying length. So it's kind of weird to wear hats. Now. There are people out there who aren't uh, hat people. They look weird when they put a ball cap on their head. I'm glad I don't count myself in that group. <laughs> um, but uh, anywho, so let's get into it now. We have lots to, lots to kibitz about, like I say, much happening in our world, in our nation, and in our football country here. It's time for... I don't know. Let's say instead of a press conference, a producer conference, you guys, Emma VP, Bartlett, Spaghetti, they've prepared some questions for us. Instead of us having to conjure the show, Marcus G, let's sit back (laughs) and uh, provide the A to their Q. You understand? I do. Let's do it. Mr. Damashek, Ryan Bartlett, DDFP. Yes. First question, which free agent or agents would you stay away from and why? Hmm. Right out of the gate, a tough one there. Uh, I start with you, Marcus G. Do you wish to try and throw a name out here? Big name guys. I mean, you got, of course, Alshon Jeffrey. People already kibitz in with him. There's a few things in his uh, background that might uh, be a red flag. He's uh, primarily. It seems like he's always hurt. That's the the number one. He's not as hurt as Andrew Bogut, let's say, but uh, but still. Yeah, Adrian Peterson is up there for me, and I think for me a lot of it depends on what role he's willing to accept and, and how much he's willing to accept uh, in, in salary demands. I mean, if there's one thing we have seen about Peterson over the years, uh, you, you love his confidence, but it kind of borders on being a lack, having a lack of self-awareness. And in a draft class that is deep at running back, uh, and you're talking about an aging guy who's going to be 32, coming off a couple of major knee surgeries, uh, who is not a three-down back at this point in his career. Unless he's willing to accept a role at a much reduced salary, uh, I think I would try to find maybe a younger, cheaper option to, to fill my backfield. Yeah, spot. we talked about it last week. We'll talk about it again now. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of last week, a lot of good feedback, including from the subject himself, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, star of the Philadelphia Eagles. On uh, social media, he mentioned uh, enjoying our sit-down over barbecue, and uh, we kibitzed about all of it. We figured it all out. Not unlike you and I probably are going to do. We're cleaning up uh, whatever's left over here, but (laughs) Malcolm Jenkins and I kibitzed for about 45 minutes, and we figured just about all of it out. And uh, so I encourage you uh, to go and dig that one up there. Where's best to find that? I guess NFL.com slash DDFP is the way to track that down. We uh, we, uh, kibitzed. uh, It was a rangy conversation. Marcus G. But anyway, I'm with you on um, on Adrian Peterson. And like we talked about last week, it's whether it's uh, a little cruel or uh, or, um, uh, you know, not uh, not very thoughtful to the human beings that we're talking about here. Running back in the NFL now, they, they tend to be used up by their late 20s. You know, the the opposite of magical number, but the number. Uh, 30, age 30 is where people have uh, for the last whatever decade or so noted is the big drop-off point there. But I think of more and more NFL teams are starting to get to a point where, oh, he's at the end of his first contract, let him go. Well, you know? 
because of the way running backs are used now. I mean, you, you just don't see guys who go out and get 300, 350 carries in a season. Uh, you see a lot more specialization, a lot more guys coming in on third down or on passing downs. And so because of that, it just doesn't make sense to spend a lot of money to invest in a guy. Maybe you have a couple of special guys out there that you can do that. I mean, you know, we've seen Le'Veon Bell. We've but seen he hasn't Bell. even done it. Le'Veon Bell's the guy who everybody holds up as the guy. Like, <laughs> all right, there's some exceptions to the rule, and Le'Veon Bell's one of them. But Le'Veon Bell hasn't played a full season. You know, he true. He's all. Some you know, of that is his own making too, though, uh, for him not playing a full season. Well, true enough. But he also, <laughs> but he also has the injury bugaboo as well. Yes. And uh, you know, he's young, and they're trying to feed him the ball. Coincidence? I don't think so. And that's why it kind of surprises me to hear talk that the Steelers, who obviously franchise Levy and Bell are continuing to discuss a long-term deal with him. I don't know, given the current climate, that that's why. You know, I wonder if Zeke Elliott is going to follow more of the the greatest running backs in NFL history, for the most part, mm-hmm. who you would hold up, would be the five-year win, or, or, or rather than full body of work, if you think about who are these iconic guys, Earl Campbell, Eric Dickerson, O.J. Simpson, a lot of these guys had 300-plus carries right. and basically were run into the ground, and their and their legends are based around that window. It's not that they played for another ten, for another five years beyond those, right. uh, beyond that. A lot of these guys um, make their name for themselves in that five-year window. It seems like all of a sudden personnel guys around the NFL are aware of that and say, so at year five or at year four, we draft another running back and reboot the whole thing. Well, I mean that again. Part of the nature of the game is, especially at the running back spot, you're going to take a beating. Uh, you know that there's just no way around it. And so, uh, I mean, I think it has led to specialization. It has led to uh, you know teams moving on from guys a little bit sooner. Also, the fact that you talk about you know the Steelers maybe talking a long-term deal with Le'Veon Bell. If there's anything we have learned in the last you know decade or so, is that. Contracts are more suggestions when it comes to teams hmm. and players. That yeah, you may have a long-term deal on paper, but how often do guys actually see the end of some of those long-term deals? It's fun. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, you see a ton of that without the uh, guaranteed money uh, tethering the team to uh, to their uh, contractual promises. Um, so many names out there that are fascinating, and uh, what scares me is that the Patriots have some loot to play with. All of a sudden, they could add. <laughs> Guys like Adrian Peterson and Brandon Marshall. Like I say, I you know I'm not especially intrigued by Adrian Peterson at this point. And I've said it before, and I hate to get up on Mount Pius, but you know if I'm Ray Rice, you know like why is Adrian Peterson hailed and no one mentions anything? And my name can never be mentioned without mentioning my stuff, my my incident. Not that I'm not dismissing what happened with Ray Rice and uh, whether or not he deserved that. Rather. Where's the consistency? Well, Adrian Peterson is now, you know, hailed by every what a guy. I, I think we're running into that too on kind of a newer level, the Tyreek Hill v. Joe Mixon situation, where Joe Mixon has kind of been vilified and was not invited so to true. the combine. But Tyreek Hill is, you know, was being praised for way the way he played at the end of the year. And I, I won't say that people glossed over his situation, but um it has been notable in how those two players have been handled so differently. It is. Well, boy, boy. Uh, yeah, that's a that's another <laughs> Yeah, that's a good update on the reference I keep making to the Ray Rice versus Adrian Peterson thing. Yeah, that's a more current one. All right, next question. Uh, who's next? Mr. Damashek, Eddie Spaghetti, DDFP. Wide receiver draft prospect John Ross just ran a 4-2-2 in the 40-yard dash. What's the toughest record in sports to break? 
Wow. Yeah, a lot of a lot of noise about this John Ross character. Mm-hmm. Not a very you you wouldn't think a guy named John Ross would be the fastest guy in NFL <laughs> history, right? Dree Archer. Now that sounds well, like somebody who'd be fast, but that you know. I mean, especially when you had a guy named Speedy Noyle at the combine. Yeah, right. You know, you think so. Mhm. Um, yeah, not but John Ross of all the people to do it. Most, you know, it's funny because a decade ago you would have said there are a lot of these records out there that were unbreakable, and they in I'm talking sports in general, mm-hmm. and they have gone down. What do you think, uh, Marcus G? Well, now are we talking records that are plausibly breakable? Because what do you mean, like what? Cy Young's 511 wins. All right, well there you go. That's a good one. I, I mean, just because you know, no one no one gets that many starts in baseball, no one really can pitch that long without suffering some sort of arm trouble. How did they do that though? Isn't that the funny thing that everybody? But if they go over two hundred innings, they blow out their oh well, we can't risk this youngster's uh, uh, career. Why didn't that happen fifty years ago? Because I don't because I don't think you had little league in high school and you know AAU is that what it traveling is? Traveling teams, yeah. I mean. Get, you know, I was. I, I remember a few years ago um, when I lived and worked in a different city, uh, following a little league team that very nearly got to Williamsport, and so just kind of covering them a little bit. I remember talking to a woman who was watching her grandson play, and she told me that by the end of the year, her grandson will have played. I think she said something like 140 games as a little league, as an 11 year old kid. You know, and I remind her that you know, realize major leaguers play 162 in a season. So Lefty Gomez is uh, he he didn't have to play he didn't play I mean, a lot of ball in high school. And I, don't, such. I don't think he was you know coming up through little league throwing you know I don't know what they play six innings. Satchel Page, Satchel Page, Page played there. Right. He was 112 years old. There are always and exceptions. There are always and exceptions. And 600 innings a year or whatever. There are always exceptions. I mean, you know, Brett Favre hung around the NFL a long time at a position that doesn't necessarily lend itself to longevity. It always happens. I'll go with the old standard. No one's ever going to break the uh, the 56 hits. I think that'll be fun when people do because that has mm-hmm. – the, the nature of that record is fun because it's episodic. So yes. I remember – what was that? 1980-ish, probably. When, yeah, pro, uh, pro, uh, I'm trying to think. When was Pete Rose chasing? Pete Rose the hit was streak? more late 80s. Uh... No, when he was chasing the hit streak. Yeah, because I, because I, rem- I mean, I distinctly remember that. I, I was a, I was a small child in the early 80s, so it had to have been more mid to late 80s then. I don't know if you're right about that, but either way, when he was doing <laughs> that, it was great, and I know that it's par- par- partially owed to um to the fact that there weren't 500 channels out there but I remember every night you would tune in and they would break in literally into the news mm-hmm. to show you Pete Rose's at bat to see if he would get a hit right and he wasn't even that close to it. He had like, what did he end up with? 40, 44, I think it was. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. he didn't even get within uh, into the 50s. Anyway, yeah. I'll go with that one. Next up. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. MVP, Dave Damashek Football Program. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. Madeline? A follow-up, yes. A follow-up to uh, Eddie Spaghetti's question. John Ross also wore Nike shoes instead of Adidas, so unfortunately he won't cash in on that island. Would you rather have a private island or a million dollars? Well, where's the island? Do we know? Did they tell us where the island was going to be? Please use it, your imagination. They basically could say the island is anywhere on planet Earth, or maybe not even. <laughs> they don't even have to even stay to that. Um, by the way, it begs the question, did they previously, is Adidas in ownership of an island currently? I'll look into that. I, I, you know, that I, is a good question, actually. I, uh, I'll take the million. 
I'll take the million dollars. It, you know, in this day and age, it's sad. Well, it depends on where you live in the world or even in the, the U.S. of A. But million dollars ain't enough to just retire and be done. Or do you think you could scratch it out on a million dollars, Marcus? To retire? No. You wouldn't retire? No, if somebody I, gave you a million dollars right now, what would you do? Would you just keep toiling here? Um, I probably would, actually. But I mean, one, it, I, I think you'd be able to dictate a lot more of what you do. Um, or how you do things, but yeah, it's not enough to just retire on. It's not enough to to just you know decide you're gonna quit everything and walk away from it. Uh, I think I'd rather have an island though. Why? Play. I tell you, here's the problem with the island, and here's a, it 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 uh, exposes you to I mean something horribly embarrassing, which is that you're too poor to go to your island. Wouldn't that be an? Wouldn't that be a shame? I mean, I would think though that if you have the island, that they would offer you some sort of transport to get there. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know where you're coming up with that. Now you're <laughs> getting fast and loose. I mean, I, <laughs> the only chance you have would be to build a rental space so that you could uh, pay your own fare. But I, it's, it's, it's a. I, that just sounds like a can of worms. I also feel like there are a lot of people out there who are who can claim to be millionaires. How many people claim to own their own island? Cool, yes, but again, like I've, I, I've said it a million times, I'll say it for the million and first now. Imagine if you are. I think it's neat that Champ and Boss Bailey's parents named them that. <laughs> but if your name is Champ Bailey, if your name is Champ and you're a janitor, the sad irony of that, like, hey, <laughs> Champ, can you get into stall three? And, and it's, I think it's uh, clogged up there. Like, you know, that you, you don't want that irony. It's the same thing like, Whoa! You own your own island. How come you're living in the uh, in the uh, one bedroom in? Um, I also way up in North Hollywood. I also enjoy you know moments of privacy. So I think I might pull like a Marlena Dietrich and just go to my island and, mm. and not be heard from for long stretches. So you know that, that's. I don't cool. listen. I wouldn't mind having an island. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> also, when you look at a big map, I like when I'm on an airplane. I like uh, towards in the last hour, last forty five minutes, basically. When the pilot comes on and says, uh, we're making our initial descent now, so you have to do whatever, and it's time to pack your stuff up, and you got like probably about like 25, 30 minutes, I like, that's when I go for the airline magazine, and I, and I see what's going on in their world. And uh, at the back of that, there's always the big global map, right. and I like to unfurl that and see what I remember and see where if I can. I like to play game like, do I know where this country is okay. on the map, mm-hmm. and if, can I figure out where this state is? and all that kind of stuff. And um, I look at Canada, and it's, there's a lot of land in Canada. A lot of space. You ever see that? There's a lot to Canada. But I bet, like, nobody even li- – Australia is maybe the even more fascinating. Mm-hmm. Australia is a whole continent, but nobody lives in the middle of it. What happens in the middle there? The whole – that whole thing, like, nobody's in there. They're right. just all on the sides, so, you know. I don't even know how many people are on the left side of Australia. <laughs> So, AKA I mean, the West Coast. So would that be kind of like does Canada and Australia have their equivalent of like flyover states? I mean, is that what the middle part would be there? Like a I don't know. Like imagine, does any I, I'd like to know the answer to that. Does anyone live in the middle of Australia? I mean I gotta think there's somebody out they're there. They're the Aborigines. I mean, they probably aren't hearing this podcast. That's well see, so they're not gonna be able to respond, right. Um but Canada, back to my original point, a lot of land. And a lot of islands. So if that's the game that Adidas is playing, count me out. <laughs> oh, you took the island, Marcus Grant. Congratulations. 
It's uh, it's about seven miles south of the North Pole. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Next question. Hey, Dave. I'm going to be here again. I have a big one for you here, actually. Today is That's National. That's what she said. Yep. Uh, today is National Pancake Day. Congrats to all involved. Um, Mr. Damashek, Mr. Grant, waffles or pancakes? How say you? Well, this is an easy one for me. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll let you take your shot at it here. Um, you know, I, I don't dislike waffles, but I feel like pancakes are a solid go-to. There's a reason they have been a breakfast staple for centuries because they are simple. Uh, they can be eaten with most anything. Uh, they work as excellent sponges to absorb syrup and other things. I, I, I will always side with pancakes here. You know, I appreciate where you're coming from on the simplicity of them. That is their chief virtue is that you just have to pour the, shmu- the mush out and it, you know, like firms up for you and is ready to eat. But it, it, and we're not talking about like, do I, I don't have to make them, right? It's not like, which one do I want to make? The reason the waffle is better is because it provides a natural cup for the syrup. Yeah, you know, that whole syrup, that, that thing, eat, the waffle is like about like 16 cups filled up with the syrup that you crave. If I just wanted to drink syrup, I would just drink it out of the cup that the I didn't say, don't, don't, don't you it. put words in my mouth, sir. <laughs> put syrup in my mouth with the, with the batter. All to, all uh, cooked up. Nice. There's the other part can. of it. Pancake batter and waffle batter is essentially the same batter. It's just a different. That's exactly right. Form. Yes, right. <laughs> it's just a different. If form. you're walking in here, hey, I got some pancakes and I got some waffles. Why would you take the pancakes? What you understand? That's like you're. That's like you trying to convince me that a taco and a burrito are vastly oh, different items when they are pretty much the. And I enjoy both, but they are the same ingredients. Wait a second, you like? Oh, you're, 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 you're thirsty for some water? Okay, here, hold your hands out and uh, and you cup, <laughs> make make, uh, make double hand cup with uh, to hold your water. I'll take a cup of water. How about that? Give me a glass well, I, to pour my water in. That's what the waffle does, friend. It I, does the work for so you. So you are drinking the syrup. And I'm eating some some delicious uh, cooked up batter. Next question. I mean, I win that one. I don't know that we have to labor that. Never mind butter. Mr. Damashek, yes. producer Bartlett here. Yes. So Arian. Where are you from? From Merriam, Kansas. Yeah, but I liked when you were saying DDFP. Right, anyway, just go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, now DDFP. I live in DDFP land now. All right, all right. But uh, so uh, Arian Foster tweeted out that he believes he could take a wolf one-on-one in the wild. What animal could you defeat in the wilderness? What creature of the wild could I take in a fight? I mean, let's – I mean, I'm going to start small, like – I could probably defeat some dogs, but I would lose <laughs> to other dogs, you know. Um, I think, like, if you go into the feline family, are like, would a jaguar get me? Would a jaguar kill me? It would. Let's keep it to jest. You know what? I'm going to look this up here. We've had this discussion with the likes of uh, Jared Allen. I feel like everybody is overestimating their ability to fight wildlife, you know. Like, I feel like most of us – if you get beyond the rodents category, would really start to to struggle in a scrap there. I mean, would you beat a patriot in a fight if he didn't have his musket? Because uh, gunplay, that you know, that, that, that's gonna, a game changer. So yeah. let's not do that. Could you beat? Uh, could you beat a patriot? Um, I'd like to think that I could scrap with a patriot. Yes. 
Yeah, because he you're probably taller than he is. Right. You ever go? You ever go and plus, see uh, where uh, plus, George I mean, Washington you know, grew up? You ever see Mount Vernon? Not where he grew up, but where he lived, Mount Vernon. I have not. But when uh, you see it, you see he's a tiny man, and they were and and they were smaller people, people then back were then. smaller, and plus they would be you know a couple hundred years old, which gives me a distinct advantage since I am significantly younger than that. Could you beat a dolphin? Uh, are we fighting on land or in water? It's an important question. It is. Yeah, I mean, of course you would defeat him on on land. But right, I, but I, I think... even wonder in the sea. He's a he's not a he's not a pugnacious beast, is he? A dolphin? The, I think the thing that uh, the thing that that gives you at least that levels the playing field a little bit is that you both need air. Mm. At some point, you be a dolphin for oh, yeah, mammals. Right, right. They have to come up for air, so at least that gives you. you know, they can't just drag you to the bottom of the the sea and like be you know and have their way. Double whammy: kill two birds with one stone, or kill a dolphin with one sock. You don't want to have your clothes on in the sea if you're in a battle, right? This so you true. take your socks off, put one of those socks in his blowhole. Good night, dolphin. Damashek's your victor. See, <laughs> it's not just about brawn. It sounds like you, you understand? thought about this. What about, a bu- what about Buffalo Bill? He would beat us. He's a man of the Old West. He is. He Buffalo is. Bill Cody is. But a- again, you know, are we removing firearms from this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. Okay. That's too much. Um, yes, uh, Jared Allen, like I say, he had some uh, powerful thoughts on the subject before. He had a big scheme on how he would be- defeat a jet. If it was up in the air, he said no chance. But if it's on the ground, he said he would uh, do. He'd uh, you know put a thing into the into the fuel fuel uh, pipe and blow it up. And he's probably <laughs> so, right. Here so, also he had some thoughts on defeating a jellyfish. Jellyfishes sting. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've gotten a jellyfish. My most heroic. Those sound painful, by the way. Well, you've never gotten. I have never felt uh, felt a sting. I uh, my most heroic deed, uh, or probably at least in my top ten, you know, many acts of heroism over my many moons (laughs) here on the Big Blue Marble. I would say chief among them was uh, when my sister Debbie and I were in the sea one day. And uh, all of a sudden, she started, uh, or I, I started to feel the sting uh, on my legs of jellyfish. And she started to scream and scream. And I said, jump here, jump onto this raft that we had in the scene. So she jumped above the water line. She rode the raft as I pulled her to safety back to land as the jellyfish continued to sting me for another, like, two or three turns. Now, th- does someone have to suck out the venom? Is that a thing? No, I had her pee on me, and that made it up. No. <laughs> I didn't. Have, we, I, I, can, I didn't do that. Can we go back to the fact that you basically were saying Jared Allen was going to put sugar in the gas tank of like something an F-14 like fighter and uh, you know, or like a banana in the tailpipe and or something like that in order to defeat a uh, like a military grade <laughs> <laughs> fighting aircraft? Hey, listen, like? don't argue with his methodology. <laughs> Speaking of Jared Allen's teams, the Chiefs. I think a Chief would beat us. You know, he's no stranger to you know to hand to hand. I don't think I'd stand much of a chance. Not to mention that if things really went sideways, he could call you know some other fight. Well, I was gonna say he's a Chief, so he <laughs> might be an octogenarian. He might be like the wise old leader of right. the tribe. And those guys, when you watch the movies, they don't look like they're raring to go in a in No, a but fight. There, there are plenty of people willing to fight on their behalf. They talk very slowly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I could take him. I don't know. That's TBD, a Raider. I mean, that's – no, I'm not going to mess with no the Raider. Bronco, I don't want any part of uh, fighting no. a, a, of a horse who's angry. <laughs> a Charger, you know, that one goes back to the old, like, you know, are we talking about – is it a – 
a bolt of lightning? Am I wearing rubber boots? Am I grounded some kind of way? Boy, that's smart. You're right about that. Like, if it's a battery, then, like, no, I'm, I'll defeat the battery. <laughs> right. You know? It's easy enough. Actually, you probably would just be a stalemate because you can't defeat a battery. Battery is an inanimate object. Can it can't out- do anything to you, but what's the battery going to – what are you going to do to the battery? But I can outlast the battery. Oh, can you, Mr. Everlast? That seems like an ironic thing that you can't do. I keep having to buy batteries all the time for things at home. So, yeah, obviously I can. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's <laughs> a hard one. Anyway, uh, a cowboy, nah. I don't want to wrangle with that. I mean, if, if if you're saying you can't beat Buffalo Bill, then a cowboy, I think, is Same. pretty much on par. Giant, no. No, no he, he is a giant. Although people fare pretty well in the movies against like, giants I will say by this. doing weird little things, like they get under the, like they climb up them and they like get in their ear or something. Plus, I don't know what you're. If you do. recall from Empire Strikes Back, when they were on you know the ice planet of Hoth and the Empire invaded, the Adat Walkers seemed to be insurmountable, I, but the much smaller snow speeders, you know, twirled around them and tied their legs together and and eventually scored a victory. Yeah, or, yeah, like he ties his legs up there. Um, then again, I feel embarrassed as my namesake felled Goliath. I should be able to – I shouldn't just so casually say, well, I have no <laughs> chance against a giant. Give me a little stone, you know? I mean – And a thing to throw it with. While the what giant, if I could make that happen? While the giant has size, you, in theory, would have quickness on your side. No, I don't have any of that. But I wonder <laughs> if uh, – I wonder if – like, I wonder if I could fling a stone with that uh, – you know, my life's on the line. The Giants heading this way to stomp me like Goliath was David. And David, like, he picked up the little stone and he had – what did he throw? A slingshot, I believe. Oh, a slingshot. Like, I don't think it was the typical, like, you see with kids and, like, water balloons sort of slingshot. Yeah, it's like it was something he swung over his head right. and whoosh, right. threw it at the Giant. Now, I mean, do I have previous experience with this? Yeah. Then, then, yeah, I think I could do it. Like, if you're asking me to pick it up cold and try to right. save my life, I'd right. probably be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, a red skin. I mean, it's really not defined who it is, but I guess by the uh, the logo, you know, he's, he's a warrior. He appears to be a fighting man. So, no, I don't want that. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. Eagle. Yeah, I think, I think an eagle would be problematic. Um, I mean, it has the ability of flight which allows it to, to fight from a higher plane. Um, the talons, I think, would be an issue. The beak. I just I think an eagle would be trouble. I don't want those problems. Is he, but so, I mean, that's really like, yeah, I, I, I think I get the eagle, you know, because he's going to swoop down and the talons are not going to be jive to deal with. I, under, I mean, right. listen, I'm not going to come through unscathed, but if I can just get a, a handle on him anywhere, he's done for. Like, goodbye. Oh, now good luck beating me now without your left wing. Let's also now that, that turn, Eagles are, off. are fairly big birds. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not ostrich big, but they're they're good-sized birds. Once I get one of them wings, then what's he doing to me? Probably beating if you I, with the other wing. No, well, so, well, all right. <laughs> I said, I understand that, uh, that blood will flow on both sides. <laughs> all right, next question. Mr. Damashek. Hey, over here, over here, Dave. Eddie Spaghetti, DDFP. The Rams premiered their 2017 uniforms online last week, even asking fans to weigh in on the color of the face mask. A quick two-parter here, Mr. Uniform Monitor. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Rams' new get-ups? And also, was it reckless for the club to rely upon the Twitter sphere for such vital feedback? Your thoughts, Marcus? Uh, I love them. I, I think it was a, a great idea to bring them back. I am disappointed, though, that they use the jerseys, the, kind of the current jerseys to go along with the old helmets. Um, 
I would have preferred that, you know, if they had to wait, you just wait and then you unveil the whole thing together as opposed to doing it piecemeal. Uh, you know, there is always a uh, there's always a fear, always a concern with letting the Twitter sphere voice its opinion. I mean, I think the the good thing about Twitter and social media is that it has given everyone a voice. The bad thing about Twitter and social media is that it has given everyone a voice. So you do run the risk of, of you know, having some tricksters out there send you down, you know, a trodden path. But uh, I feel like in this case, I think enough people were on the same page and loving what the Rams did that I, I think this was a wise move and that, that they were going to be steered in a good direction. Boy, like fire Sean Spicer already, Trump, and get uh, Mark Graham there. What a non-answer that was. A whole bunch of words that answered nothing. Either you loved them, but you didn't like them, but you think it was cool, but maybe they shouldn't have. That was a whole bunch of nonsense. Listen, it's outrageous. I Listen. I'm all for egalitarian kind of approach to things, but this is too far. This is a sacred thing, the uniform. And the L.A. Rams especially, there are certain franchises in pro football and in sports in general that have great uniform potential. And for them to go at it this way and uh, and uh, just so – to be so cavalier and like, yes, we'll go back to the white pants and to the white horned hats, but we're still going to use the old jersey. Like I said last week, and I say again now, it looks like something that you would put together if if TJ Maxx had a football uniform section. That's what you would come <laughs> up with. Just these disparate parts of like, yeah, close enough, but it's cheap. Why? I mean, that the gold doesn't match the hat or the pants. I mean, it looks ridiculous. And I, I you know. I wouldn't be so angry about it. I'm not going to jive you. I, you know, I don't jive people. No, you do you know, not. no, I don't. I, I've reached out to the Rams on more than one occasion without response. So now I'm especially upset about it. It's a slap in my face when you have someone in your same area code, so skilled, so schooled, so wise in the ways of looking good in a professional sports or even collegiate uniform, and you don't tap into that resource. You're on your own, Rams. You're on your own. Next up. Hey, Dave. Emma VP, Dave Damashek Football Program. How's yes, the show Emma. going for you guys so far? Very well. How's your day? It's going really well, thanks. Great. Alabama linebacker Reuben Foster was sent home from Combine for arguing with the hospital worker. The Combine is essentially a job interview. Tell me about your worst job interview. First of all, uh, thank you for the question. It's pronounced combine. Marcus, do you have a bad uh, interview story? Oh, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know that I have a bad interview story, but I do. I There was a question I once was asked at a job interview that will stick with me forever. Mm. Um, I was asked that if I were a Jeopardy category, what category would I be? What? Right. Um, and? Uh, honestly, I don't remember my answer. I think I, you know. I hope you just said what you said about three minutes ago in your Sean Spicer. I probably did. I think I just, I think I just rambled until I felt like I had thrown enough of a word salad at them that that it was good enough. But it just that was a question that I will always remember. What if you were a Jeopardy category? What category would you be? I mean, listen, I am all for uh, expanding the brain, you know, and the, in the, or, or, you know, going beyond the norm, but what? I don't understand right. the question. I think I probably would have just said potpourri. Cause I feel like that, you know, that encompasses everything. I'll tell this tale. I once, uh, got a dream interview on, uh, on the man show. You remember the man mm-hmm. show with yep. uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Adam, Adam Carolla. Carolla. Yeah. I had, I had moved out to, to, uh, Los Angeles, uh, by hook and or crook. I got the interview, 
my friend Sal, who is now, you know, famously cousin Sal, mm-hmm. Jimmy's uh, cousin, um, counseled me. I called him. I said, what, what, you know, do you know, what, what, you know, what, uh, what should I expect? What, uh, what will this go like? And he said, uh, well, it should just be you, Jimmy, and uh, the other executive producer, Daniel. It should just be the, the, the three of you. You know, no pressure, really. Just go in there. Um, I went in, and instead it was those two plus Adam Carolla plus another guy who I didn't recognize exactly, <laughs> but I knew I'd seen him somewhere before. And if you're like me, that drives you crazy, that kind of feeling. Right. Like, I know him, but uh, I can't think. And I go in, and um, he's just sort of sitting. It's a big room. It's a really big room, and they're in four corners of it, really. They're <laughs> spread all the way across this giant room. I'd say the room was twice as big as Studio 66 is. And uh, if you've watched us on NFL.com slash DDFP, you can basically – sense the dimensions in here and so this other there's this fourth guy sitting there and uh oh hello this is uh adam uh nice to meet you and this is daniel and i'm jimmy and uh and uh and you know bob of course and i say uh well yeah of course i know bob you know but of, <laughs> but of course i didn't know bob at all and they they start kibitzing and about three four minutes in i'm just staring obsessed with why should i if i was i rude because when they said you know bob of course i said i said yeah hi how are you you know, not not no emotion behind it. Of course. And then it occurred to me, I realized, oh, that's Bobcat Goldthwait. He's just lost a ton of weight. <laughs> and now my mind's spinning. Why is Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> sitting in this room right now with the man show guys? Little did I know that he was going to be a segment director on the show. I had no idea. I thought it was like a bit like. And so obviously he didn't speak to you in his you know, trademark cadence either, because that would have obviously. No, he away. barely even made a noise when I said, like, hi, how are you? So now I'm thinking it's like, is this a bit to test the people <laughs> they're interviewing to see how they respond to Bobcat Goldweight sitting in the room? So I was I, I, I now I'm really tripped up. And now my brain's spinning on the thought that over and over again, that is uh, was it was I not enthused enough when that when asked, well, you know, Bob, of course, and I was like, yeah, hi, you know. Yeah, I mean, imagine like, hey, have you seen Marcus Grant? Oh, yeah, I've seen him before. Hi. You know, like right. not, not. oh, yeah, of course. Hey, that's <laughs> work. No, I'm, hi, yeah, yeah, I know him. So now I feel like, did I offend Bobcat? <laughs> About 10 minutes later, I realize these guys have just been having a conversation amongst the four of themselves without involving me at all. And suddenly I realize I think what they're trying to do is to see how you integrate yourself into the conversation. <laughs> So I, I all of a sudden throw out, and just in passing, Kimmel says something about uh, Damashek. That, sound, that sounds like a name for a detective or something. You know, Damashek, homicide, which is, you know, pretty funny uh, stuff yeah, off the cuff. And, uh, and I say, like, yeah, and then suddenly I, I, I leave my body, and I'm watching – myself talk to these professional level <laughs> comedians and I'm saying like yeah you know when I was in third grade the kids all would tease me about my last name Damashek because it had a bad word in it and they would say the damn people who live in a shack and I'm as I'm saying it I'm thinking this is your material for the people you're trying to get on a comedy show <laughs> it was one of the it was one of the it was one of the five worst experiences of my life and the postscript to that was Sal, 
who I knew a little bit at that point, had invited me over to his Super Bowl party mm-hmm. the uh, uh, two days later. And uh, and I said, oh, as I got up, Daniel, the executive producer, walked me out to the door, said, nice to meet you, whatever. And I said, uh, so will I see you at the uh, at the Super Bowl party? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, I didn't say that. I said, oh, Sal told me he's, there's a Super Bowl party, so, uh, so I'll see you there. And, you know, by the way, since we're both going to be there, it'd be uncomfortable if you didn't give me the job. So you may <laughs> as well just give it to me now. And Daniel's response was like, no, no, don't worry about it. I'm not going to be at the party. <laughs> and he turned and walked away. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, oh, and then the postscript number two. So Corolla walks by and I'm sa- at this Super Bowl party mm-hmm. and I'm saying hello to Sal. And he said, So, how'd the interview go the other day? And I said, uh, I don't think it went very well at all. It went really badly. <laughs> he said, Oh, no, I'm sure you're just beating yourself up a little bit. Just then Corolla walks by and he said, Hey, Adam, um, Dave here says the interview didn't go very well. Is that true? I bet it went pretty well, right? And he said, ah, he's like uh, Stephen Wright without the material. <laughs> Great. All right, go ahead. Next question. Real Glad quick. we got to drudge that one up again. Hey, hey, Damage, like real quick, are there too many TV shows out right now? Too many TV shows around. Yeah, I guess so. I can't get through them all. I have discovered recently Legion, and I'm very high on that. But I'll tell you this, another one. I said it, I think, a few weeks ago, and I want to point this out again. You know what is hysterical still mm-hmm. is Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. At this I season, mean, it is This amazing. season has been fantastic. Right? It has been fantastic. The 3D one where they get the where they yes. start out playing the 3D one. Mm-hmm. I just watched that one last night. Just hysterical stuff. How about uh, – how say you? Are you happy with the, the state of TV right now, Marcus G? It is. I think we, are, we have reached peak TV. Uh, I will say there are too many shows, but – that also means that you are bound to find something good. Uh, I, yeah, I was mentioning before we started that I'm, I'm catching up on the Americans because the new season begins uh, tonight. Um, I also know that because there is so much TV, I have less patience for shows that don't immediately grab me. Mm. Um, I tried to watch The Young Pope. And after about three episodes, I realized that I'm not, I'm not interested in this show. I'm with you on that, except I think I would have punted on Breaking Bad if I had applied that measure then. And that's kind of why I try to get – I know people will watch one episode and tap out. I will at least give it, you know, three to four episodes. Uh, you know, and I realized with The Young Pope, I think it was supposed to be a 10-episode run. So I feel like by three, you're 30% of the way into the show. If you haven't hooked me yet, then it's just not going to happen. One show that I am bummed is no longer on the air is uh, Jay and Dan uh, from FS1, Hysterical Fellas. and uh, But apparently they've, they've returned home to Canada. Yeah, they're ba- back up in TSN. I don't know when they uh, when they re-debut up there. But, uh, yeah, what a bummer. That was a very – those guys were doing late-night level funny stuff on their show. They were really funny guys. And uh, as a side note, swell fellas to boot. Yes, who's next? Yes, Marcus, I have a question. Yes. When uh, you are driving on the road and you are properly following the rules of the road and somebody cuts you off, what is the appropriate response to such driver? I uh, well, how do you how do you handle uh, road rage incidents? Um, generally, what I do is, after you know, mumbling to myself under my breath, I will go around the person and pass them, but kind of slow down as I get to their window and give them a just a stern stare down as I continue to drive by. I'm not angry with you. I'm just disappointed. Exactly. Stranger. Right. Yes. That's the look you give mm-hmm. them, and they feel shame. Hopefully, yes. 
I like to – I mean, I don't do this every time. I sort of assess who my foe is and uh, and how dangerous they might be to, to my person. <laughs> That's probably a good idea, yes. But I, I, uh, I'm no stranger to uh, laying on the horn and just and just holding it down. I mean, I, I don't mean like – I don't mean like, onk, onk, onk. I just mean like a good, long – like it's One sustained blast. Hear it? Live it? <laughs> this is your new reality until I decide <laughs> – to end it. <laughs> Was it worth it what you just did? <laughs> did you learn a lesson? Does that normally spark a reaction from your adversary? They don't seem to care for it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't seem to like it when you get that. So, Next question. Uh, Producer Bartlett here from DDFP. Oh, there you go. All right, serious question here, guys. Mm. Can money, in fact, buy you happiness? It can buy you beer, which is a pretty good substitute. <laughs> that was like, or were you on the uh, uh, Redneck uh, Comedy Tour? What was it? What's that one called? Oh, was there, Jeff Foxworthy oh, the, uh, and everything? Yeah, something That just like seems that. like something one of those guys would say, like, uh, Maybe it is. I have no idea. Larry but, the Cable uh, Guy. Hey, give me give, give me a uh, sixer of uh, <laughs> a bush. I think I had a pretty good substitute. Um, that, yeah, that's a good answer. And as Bart, I mean, as uh, Homer Simpson famously said, beer, the cause uh, of and an answer too. to all of life's yep. problems. Yes, yep. I, I like that. Um, yes, it can it can buy happiness. Certainly, money can buy happiness, but. Is it will it solve all of life issues? No. So I'm playing a little fast and loose, but certainly yes, money can buy you many forms of happiness, a hundred percent. But can it give you a hundred percent happiness? No. Now, I would say, see, I think I think the confusion comes because like, I've always said, given the choice, I would I would take rich over famous a million times. Yeah. Oh, um, because I think the the general problems comes a lot of times, you know. Money comes with fame, and it's the fame part that becomes uncomfortable when when everyone starts to want stuff from you, or everybody wants a piece of your time, or wants to be near you. Um, then it gets harder to know, you know, who to trust, who to who to really, you know, be to confide in. Um, there are plenty of rich people out there. We have no idea who they are, and I'm sure they leave lead generally quiet. Fairly happy lives. Well, I've said it before. Just drive around Los Angeles, and I realize this makes me naive. I'm surprised that there are enough rich people in one city, let alone in a country. I mean, forget the, the, the United States of America. Forget the globe. Isn't it amazing when you drive around Los Angeles and all the Tony neighborhoods and the individual homes that there are enough rich people on the face of the earth to fill those homes, let alone in a city? How are there that many rich people? Where are they all coming from? Who lives in all these homes? You know, oh, good luck. You ever, oh, you'd like to live in Malibu, Dave? Good luck. You could better get the, better uh, make about $40 million. Like, but there are a lot of people already there. Where did they get all the money? I think nowadays half of them are Airbnbs. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, there is an element. I think people covet being famous because – they are vain and the human condition right. requires that you feel essential and uh, essential can very easily be mistaken for famous that you feel essential. If you go out and people know who you are, as you walk down the street, if people recognize you, then you must be essential to, to the human experience of the 21st century of our society. Right. So I think there's a pride that comes with that. I randomly, I was thinking about this the other day. I am putting together slowly but surely 
I, I just keep uh, dumping songs onto my playlist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And people have accused me before of thinking I have good taste in music. And I've disparaged other people <laughs> jokingly about their bad taste in music. And I've argued with people about music. And there's something about being a consumer and being proud of what you consume, even though you didn't create it. There are a lot of those nerds who go out on the streets and wait to get an iPhone, you know, the newest iPhone. Right. And they go, and I think there's something to do with being able to claim for that moment, like Andy Warhol in your 15 minutes, to mm-hmm. be able to claim that you got the iPhone before everybody else. There's a weird, um, uh, there's 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 a weird uh, vanity stroke with that. You know, right. mm-hmm. you understand? Absolutely. And you're just consuming. You didn't create it, but 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 the, somehow people can blend those two things. Well, it feels because. Like and in the same way, so can you be proud of your taste in music? Um, yeah, you can. Uh, I think there is. I think there's vanity in telling people that you have great taste in music. I feel like that is that is something for other people to judge, not for you to judge. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's like saying I'm a great cook, but if I serve you, you know, several meals and you think that they're all horrible, well, that's the difference, though. That's not that's not uh, consuming. That's making. So you're making the food. Okay. I feel like, right or wrong, I, I, I'm trying to be lucid about Dave, and I think it's a little weird that somewhere in me I feel like, you know what, deep down I am a little proud of my good taste in music, and that seems weird. And here's the thing. I, I feel like determining that you have good taste in music is probably something that happens well after the fact. Like, if you are, fan, if you are a fan of, of bands or artists that somehow endure – you know, half a century later, and you could say, yeah, I All was right. there first, then you can say, I have good taste in music. But to suddenly say, like, oh, I love this band or that artist, and then, you know, 10 years from then, you never hear of that person again, and their song is kind of mocked as being a one-hit wonder, well, then maybe you aren't that good at that. Uh, that's a funny it. way to look at it. Yeah, that's an interesting way. Yes, if you can suss out, <laughs> I, I can tell you this, I was in on Spoon early. Right. I was in on Built to Spill early, <laughs> right? You know, like so, so, and they have endured a little. I don't know. Is that what? I mean, if, like, well, so what though? Who like, cares? It's, so it's what? One, I bought that. I bought the stupid record. Doesn't make me like, not some achievement. But it is. It's, it's one thing to say, like, hey, look, I was, I was in on Pearl Jam from the beginning, versus saying I knew Chumbawamba was going to be something. Yeah. Well, right. See. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's a degree. Yes, I'm a degree better than that guy. <laughs> right. But maybe it goes too far. I don't know what to think of myself. I'm a little low on myself. But yes, I somehow I would never put the stink on myself. Uh, it's a, there are few questions that are more embarrassing. You uh, people will tell you terrible things that they do to themselves or to other people when they've got no clothes on. But people are very nervous about <laughs> telling you. People shame the devil if anybody be like, "Yeah, my guilty pleasures, Chumbawamba." Although I would say, so, uh, like know, nobody, no, like that's a humiliation. That's but I would think, much. I would say that now though, we we have kind of reached a, a time in our culture that uh, you know irony is obviously so big. So people will come out and honestly talk about how they love really terrible bands and wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah, that irony thing, <laughs> you're right. But still, like, again, people will tell you about, like, the, the, the guy who just walked out of the uh, public uh, restroom and did terrible things in one of the stalls will give you excruciating detail about what just happened there. But shame the <laughs> devil if that guy would ever concede he likes Debbie Gibson's music, you know? <laughs> right? It's weird. Next question. All right, people, Dave has time for two more questions. Two more questions. 
Dave, I'm a VP, Dave Damashek Football Program. They're kind of rushing me off here. Um, Dave, you're known as a trendsetter, perhaps yes. even a, a hipster of sorts. Uh, I mean, okay, thank you. Can we finally admit that man buns are the worst and we're a terrible fad? <laughs> it's a weird question for me because, of course, I can't imagine anybody would expect me to support the man bun. But Marcus Grant, how say you? I never thought it was good. Like, I... I, I the greatest trick the man pull, man bun ever pulled was convincing the world that it was fashionable. Mm. I, I never thought it was cool. I never understood it. And so the sooner it goes away, the better off we will all be as people. Yes. Thank you, So Say. Uh, next up. Let's just move on. Final <laughs> question. I'm hearing this is the last question. So, Eddie Spaghetti, DDFP, which conversation in NFL history do you wish you could have listened in on? Oh. Ooh. Inspired by... I assume the people listening in on uh, or allegedly listening in on our president's conversations. Yeah, that's a good. That's one. what he thinks. <laughs> that is what he thinks. I, what's most disconcerting to you about that, by the way, that he thinks that that could happen, that he that he knows so little. Oh, there we go. I thought you were playing me off. Like, no, <laughs> not... It's like the Oscars, like you're done now. Um, actually, I think I think the most disconcerting part isn't necessarily that he thinks that's what happened it's that he heard from a third party that that possibly happened and now he is so willing to believe and go all in on this idea I also like that other people pick up on it and they also run with it their motivation is strange this uh diluting of, oh, that's just a, of a giant percentage of the American population I think that's a desire crazy. to be close to power though yeah, I get it, but also the the uh, collateral damages is that, like I say, you know, thirty five or forty percent of our country actually believes it. Yes, that's weird, but it's also weird that the guy who is in charge doesn't understand the the uh, nuance, political structure, subtlety. The, <laughs> well, the connection between, but between the yeah, it, it's outrageous to me that he clearly has seen movies. In which that happens in right. espionage movies, where there are bugs being placed around, the, you know, under under lampshades and on telephones and everything, and he assumes <laughs> that uh, Obama dispatched some spooks to go and do that in his in his house, you know? <laughs> what? Yeah. Anyway, what's uh, so? Yeah, so apparently, so, and and by the way, I also like that Obama and company did this and failed in doing it. And then never brought any of it up. Like they, they, they right. found stuff. That's kind of the thing is that they found you, somebody. He didn't expose any of it. You went through all this effort to do this, and you don't use that information for anything. That that that's confusing. That's confusing. Yes, it's a it, it, yes. The the logic of it seems to sort of fall apart. The motivation, <laughs> the lack of uh, the lack of uh, of consequence. If in fact there was, I, it, it's very anyway. NFL conversation <laughs> in history. You'd most, it's it's a good question, kind of in broad strokes. But give me an example of what you're talking. Well, Marcus Grant, do you have one that jumps to mind? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of. You know what? I would love to hear the conversation that went on in the Minnesota Vikings war room when they failed to get their draft pick in on time mm. and watch several other teams rush up there with their own draft picks. One, what conversation was going on as the clock was expiring on them? 
And then what sort of panicked conversations were happening as other teams were rushing their picks? I don't think, by the way, you should be allowed. I think you should just lose your pick. I don't I agree with that, actually. If you don't get it in. That's too bad. In time, right. Like, yeah, well, we'll too see bad. you in the next round. <laughs> Sorry, you missed the window. Um, I think that, uh, well, I mean, Bill Polian now claiming that uh, the Colts <laughs> had a first-round grade on Tom Brady. How about that conversation? Great let's moments see- in revisionist history. Yeah, let's hear that one. Did that, did, did, that actually, uh, did that actually happen? I'd love to hear some of the stuff that went on around the, um, uh, around the USFL. You know, Ooh, when, when yeah. that was happening and um, uh, you – you know, I, 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 what do you think if you were? I guess it would be based on what city you lived in mostly. But I, it, it's cool to think, just like being an Ali fan now. Every there's no, you, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody <laughs> who would condemn Muhammad Ali in 2017. Right. But in 1968 uh, ish, or wait, 19, wait, well, yeah, 1968 ish. Mm-hmm. I think you would find about half the country hated Muhammad Ali. Right. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. Le- with less teeth to it, but still, I think most people think that they would like the AFL over the NFL because the AFL was cool and, you know, and was you colorful ca- you had and you had and- fun guys and they celebrated that and the NFL was considered to be stodgy and everything else. But I think that I'm, I-, I wonder which I would have vibed to given a choice. I might have stuck with the NFL because I like old school stuff and I think I might have liked the uh, the NFL and been like ah, this fly-by-night nonsense. This is foolish. Well, and also on top of that the AFL for all the fun uh, was yeah, for, for all the fun of the AFL, the football wasn't as good. I mean, just look at the results of the first few Super Bowls the the NFL pounded the AFL in those games. I think that's fake. I think what you're bringing up is is I think the Chiefs were more in that game in one. I think that must have been probably that's a that's the, there you go. Like that's a conversation I'd like to hear. Is mm-hmm. is the powers that be in the NFL saying like after Super Bowl one like hey, that AFL ain't that bad, you know, like the Chiefs could have really won that game or they were kind of in the game with the with the mighty Packers there. But, you know, and by and by three, the Jets win and by four, the Chiefs now have even the score at two apiece. True. They didn't pal. I mean, the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs whipped the Vikings on the same level that uh, there was the Packers that, whipped the Raiders in two. There was concern that if three had gone the way the odds makers and the, you know, the, the soothsayers said, um, I mean, because. The whole reason three became iconic is because the Jets weren't supposed to have a chance in that football game. And if it had gone that way, I know that there was talk that you know maybe this uh, maybe this merger isn't quite working out the way we thought it was going to be. Now Joe Namath maybe single handedly I won't say changed the course of professional football in America, but um, yeah, I think he changed the conversation a little bit. Would you rather be well? Who I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking of AFL. I don't even know who in the NFL. Joe Namath or anyone you want to choose in the NFL? Would you rather have had Joe Namath's life or – I'm trying to think. I don't even know who would be the alternative. Who wouldn't take Joe I don't think that, Well, I don't think there's anybody currently that, that compares. Um, I mean, Joe Namath was on the sideline of a professional football game wearing a fur coat. Like, there's, well, there's no one – Odell Beckham compared. pretends to have a love affair with Nets. So, I, was, I think, you I think, you know, they're – I they're, found that relationship to be odd and unsettling. Um, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Everybody got up on Mount Pius. No, 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 no not, not so much good. about that, but more that, like, it began 
as abusive. I mean, you know, he hit the net, the net hit him back. Then suddenly they're dating and engaged. What's like, the message, right? right? I kind of felt like, you know, maybe there's some counseling, like some, some, some marriage counseling needs to happen before this thing goes too far. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. Charles Barkley said he's not a role model, but, uh, you know, is the net a role model? Right. I mean, you're, you, are free, you are free to love whomever you want in this country. I just felt like there are some things that need to be worked out between the two of them before it went too far. Amen. And that's uh, so that's the end of our first producer conference. Did it go all right? Bartlett. Yeah, that was pretty good. Marcus brought it today. Thank you. I mean, I, one pretty good is damning with faint praise. <laughs> and, but, the, but then you followed up with, well, but Marcus was good. <laughs> we just assume you're going to be good. Oh, please. You know what? That was a nice, that was a nice recovery there, Bartlett. Creeps. Uh, our spaghetti, uh, MVP. Should we do more producer uh, conferences? Yeah, I think it was fun. I all right. For you guys, you like I it? I enjoyed it. Good. I like it. It took the you know didn't have to think at all. Just had to you know sort of sit react. Back. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what that. So yeah. much of what uh, happened at the combine is yeah. about that. Just our react. boss Mark is here. Mark, how did you like it? You think we should keep doing it? Let's keep doing it. All right. There you yeah. go. All Got right. The green light. There we go. Great work by the uh, the great Marcus Grant as usual. Uh, make sure you check out the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Um, you guys are burning on the subject 365, eh? Uh, yeah, we uh, we're, we're well this week. Uh, we're actually two a week, but normally once a week in the off season. But uh, you know, with comp, the combine and uh, free agency, we're going to double up this week. Excellent. Follow Marcus Grant. We'll talk to you later in the week. In the meantime, go check out Malcolm. Uh, let's see, I didn't get it all in. Go check out the Malcolm Jenkins interview because it was uh, good stuff. Sit down with uh, with some barbecue, a beer, and an open mind, and uh, enjoy the conversation between Malcolm Jenkins and Damashek as we eat the most delicious brisket I've ever had. Anywho, all right, now again, for Marcus Grant, Emma VP, Eddie Spaghetti, and Ryan Bartlett behind the glass, we'll be back later in the week. In the meantime, it's been a thin slice of heaven. Ooh, I missed that one up. All right, enough. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.